The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for The Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey, what's going on, Pinball Land? Welcome. It is opening day on the Pinball Network, and stepping up to the plate is the Pinball Show. My name is Ken Cromwell. My co-host with me today is Zach Many, and we're about to bring you the inaugural episode of the Pinball Show. What's up, Zach? Actually, Ken. Uh, what's this, that? This isn't Zach Many. This is Mac Zinni. I've been placed under Pinball Protection Program, and I am actually... I am actually stationed outside of the coast of Costa Rica. I, you know, I, I'll tell you what. When I envisioned how we were going to open up this show over the past several weeks, in no way did I think you were going to go in the ways of witness protection and, and the uh, the computerized gurgly I'm, voice. I'm in hiding. Kim you are Cromwell. in hiding. Man, there's been a lot of stuff flying our way this last month. You've been having fun there, buddy. No, but I'm going to have no. fun today. That's the whole thing with this. The uh, it's great because I know for certain you have been pacing like a caged animal, oh, waiting man. to get back on the microphone to record. And today's the day, so I'm assuming you're uh, you're ready to bring the A game today. Oh my God, I have the tiger, dude! I've been doing my crunches, I've been doing my push-ups, I've been doing my flipper skills, my little finger flicking. Pinball podcast workout. Oh, and you know that you were recording with Special One Lit the last episode, and nice, nicely done on that, buddy. Hey, thanks. Nicely done on your last episode of Twip. Well, we should absolutely compliment each other as much as we can as we start this new show together and build some confidence. (laughs) We gotta (laughs) hold each other up. Exactly. It will just, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. Over the last month, it has been a whirlwind of stuff. We've got, I've got called all kinds of names and accusations, and uh, none of it has been fun, but I'm going to keep a smile on and create positivity, of which case I've been uh, slammed for as well, of being too positive. So, damn it, you know what? That's the last you're going to hear of me talk about any of this crap controversy, because God knows that a lot of people out there have used all of their platform to focus on us. Ken, isn't it beautiful? It's, it's not bad. It's not a horrible thing. At, at this ah. point, I'm looking forward, just as you said, the rearview mirror is the rearview mirror, and yeah. we are driving the car, so let's see how far we can take it without driving it off the cliff. The car, I feel like we're driving the hype train. Whoop, whoop. That's right. Yeah, so I'm excited about this, man. Uh, now, we did steal... A little bit and steal. Steal is such a strong word. Yeah, uh, please, we, please. We're not criminals in, right. in regards to theft we at have, this point, right? We have borrowed something from what you've done with Special One Lit that I think was so exciting. No, you know, I think this show is going to be uh, informing and entertaining throughout the way. Everybody sit back and relax. We're just getting started. But let's start off with some pinball show headlines. It's time for TPN Industry News. Stern gets stranger, and who wants a revolt? Hey everyone, and welcome back, Zach, Dennis, and Ken. I'm Craig Bobby, the Pinball Show's Stern News Correspondent. Well, as the pinball train slowly moves past the much-anticipated but lukewarm reception of Brian Eddy's Stranger Things, the pinball world now turns its hungry eyes toward the promise of spring and the Texas Pinball Festival at the end of March. And so in the meantime, while the winter slumber lingers, What does Stern decide to do but surprise everyone with a vaulted title of yesteryear? Ooh. 
What's that you say? Could it be Stern's most popular title of all time in Ghostbusters? Or maybe the cult classic title of Tron? Or wait, don't tell me. The world under glass and epic pinball journey of your favorite hobbit in The Lord of the Rings. Well, no. Instead of those surefire sales winners, Stern takes their fans into their own world of the Upside Down and decides to vault the already once vaulted title of, wait for it, Iron Man. Yes, the John Borg designed Lonnie Rupp and Lyman Sheets coded 2010 Iron Man, which was previously vaulted back in 2014, makes its triumphant and somewhat perplexing return now in February of 2020. And despite the improvements of modern LED lighting and some cabinet and backbox build improvements, the reception for this revaulted title has to leave fans of the world's largest pinball company feeling, well, a little like calling for some heroic relief of their own. And thankfully, that relief may not be far off with the likes of Stern's next highly rumored title release of those lovable and retro-themed reptiles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, among its rumored features of this John Borg and Zombie Yeti title, TMNT is now boasting a player-controlled ball diverter, cooperative gameplay, and a first for Stern, online connectivity. Combine this with a playfield that is again rumored to be practically packed with great art, toys, and mechanisms, and you have a game which on paper already makes TMNT look like the thrill-seeking adventure Stern fans have waited too long to play. But we shall have to wait and see. For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Hi, this is Ken Rudberg. Proud to be your new Jersey Jack correspondent for The Pinball Network. Anticipation is building as Jersey Jack gears up for its next release. With only a few dialed-ins and Wizard of Oz Yellow Brick Road editions left, and only Willy Wonka on the line, the question is, is there something else running right now? Of course, the majority of speculation points to Guns N' Roses, but the announcement date for that pin is still up in the air. Will it be at the Texas Pinball Festival in late March, or will it be at the Midwest Gaming Classic in early April? It's too soon to say... But for those who were hoping Slash would be present at the unveiling, both of those dates don't work as he's on tour with Guns N' Roses in South America. It remains to be seen which of these two, if either of them, will be the date for the next Jersey Jack pin announcement. And talking about that last remaining pin that's still on the line, Willy Wonka received a code update recently to version 1.33. This update really focused on some bug fixes, but also includes an operator's manual, which many owners have been waiting for. For the Pinball Network, this has been Ken Rudberg with your Jersey Jack update. Hey, this is Kaz with an American Pinball update. Jim Patlaw recently came on board American Pinball as the Interim Chief Operations Officer. He's a designer of games like KISS, Space Invaders, and Centaur. He's going to be at Texas Pinball Festival, and he's helping with the launch of game number three. Oktoberfest has updated coil stops available for the upper right flipper. That's going to help with that upper ramp shot, so call your distributor to get those parts. And Also, pin number three is scheduled to be released at TPF, should be available to play there and also to purchase. Hopefully distributors will have a few in stock for sale. For American Pinball, this is Brian Cosner. Welcome to this week's spooky update on the Pinball Show with Dr. John. You're all aware I'm a fairly excitable person, as you can tell by the music intro. 
And the big exciting thing out of Spooky this week is the hint reveal on YouTube of the Rick and Morty gameplay. It shows what Scott Denise mentioned, that he loves to live on the tears of pinball players while making their game brutally fast but extremely fun. If you haven't seen it yet, just search for Spooky Rick and Morty gameplay on YouTube and you'll be linked to that 15-minute game review with Bug, Bunyip and Charlie all having a game. Looks like a lot of fun. Hope you catch up with it soon and we'll be catching you next week on the new Pinball Show. Thanks a lot for listening. All right, Zach, so always good hearing from the correspondents. I, I, I don't even have time to miss them because they're here and they're on the Pinball Show, but let's go right into what Dr. John was talking about. He's mm-hmm. covering Spooky Pinball for the Pinball Show, and everything spooky right now is everything Rick and Morty, and we just saw additional gameplay. If you want to call it gameplay, we saw people playing a game on Adult Swim. Did you get a chance to check? <laughs> did you get a chance to check out that show? I forget what it was. It's like, what is it? Wednesday morning bullshit or something like that? Yeah, I, the s- stupid morning bullshit show. Stupid morning bullshit show. Right. That's a clever you, name. Is it? I wasn't sure what was <laughs> happening there. I didn't know what to expect, and it was uh, so the show in itself as is a direction in which I've never really seen a show. It's I think mm-hmm. it's purposely raw. And what were your impressions just seeing Spooky there in Atlanta at Adult Swim and then seeing them on this uh, stupid morning bullshit show? Yeah, I think that it was really smart to go and to be offered the opportunity to go down to Atlanta to Adult Swim and to showcase that product somehow on that network. Now, I didn't know it was almost like a separate on-demand kind of thing. I thought it would have been uh, filmed for the television. So it was right. like a, more of a stream, a very odd, strange millennial type of stream i don't know maybe it went above my head but the format was kind of odd and strange but hell kids nowadays are a bit odd and strange it is Uh, i noticed like the green screen they were utilizing kind of like it went around the circumference of the studio but at one point you could see people like that were morphed into the green screen like the like the manhattan project uh over there at adult (laughs) swim they they were they were i think it was fused into the screen purposefully doing that which is weird it's almost like everything is just cynical now and we make fun of ourselves and that's what comedy is that's not what comedy is to me ladies and gentlemen but uh no it was fine it was cool i liked seeing some of the people we know and love on uh on a bigger audience-based network so that was neat um we felt like a bit out of place as pinball people in that in that realm but hell very (laughs) fitting for rick and morty say the least you know i think at one point the host was like She's like, I didn't know what pinball was until like literally this morning when I heard that this was coming on the show. So if anything, the exposure of Rick and Morty pin is is you know bringing pinball to those that would not have thought about it prior. So I yeah, got and I that love that sure. on uh, of any channel or any show to go on, they go on the show where the main host actually not a big fan of Rick and Morty. Right. Okay. That nothing nothing wrong with uh, a little support there from the staff. We also got Ken. We got the uh, the the recorded video from spooky that Mm -hmm. released a day or two before that so we have two examples one an actual a typical stream feel to it but we got only one gameplay with three guys and then we had this over the shoulder type of demonstration on the adult swim stream of stupid stupid morning bullshit um well, let's go into the stu- the spooky stream, right? Because I mean, that was from Benton, Wisconsin, and yep. that was uh, with staff there. Now, I I mean, I've got some. Uh, I, w- I was excited to see the gameplay st- in a streaming type of a setup because mm-hmm. we haven't really seen that. Now, the that overhead, being said, yeah. 
Yeah, as excited as I was for a lot of things, there were a couple things that left me, you know, kind of concerned. But again, that's Uh why a stream is real difficult to judge the overall experience of a pinball machine because you're just kind of you're, you're in this forced kind of environment where you're not taking the whole machine in. What were your thoughts on that stream? Uh, the thoughts on the stream, I wanted to see more gameplay, uh, selfishly, of course. I knew I wasn't going to get that. It's probably smart for them just to give a little bit of a taste because it's going to take a long amount of time for them to develop all 750 of these machines. So that made sense to me. Uh, things that stood out to me, the things that I love, we'll start with that because you and I both have one on order, right, buddy? Yeah, that's, that is correct. Oh, and I'm assuming man. right now these games are going to start showing up here next week. Whereas somebody that has a game not and has ours. streaming capabilities, not ours, unfortunately, but you're going to see this game streamed here within the next 10 days. I'm confident of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, some of the things that really stood out to me is this is a Rick and Morty pinball machine. Yes, the, it is. Oh, the animations and the call outs were easily the best that we have ever seen or heard from Spooky Pinball, in my opinion. Alice Cooper's hard to beat when it comes to some of those animations. Uh, and there was really TNA, no no real call-outs uh, besides React uh, Started or whatever the hell. Well, and that was so, all uh, text-to-speech that was utilized. So there wasn't like a physical person that was making those call-outs either on TNA. That makes sense. So I think yes, it does. as a one big package, integrative package, this is the best that Spooky Pinball has ever developed to date. And I, I, I don't think there's any argument there. You don't have to play the game to hear what it sounds like and to see what it looks like. So that really stood stood out to me, as well as just the unique layout of Rick and Morty. I got to give it to Scott Denisi. He has a, a way of doing something that feels traditional, but it's so odd and unique that it works really, really well. And I yep. think he did that here on his sophomore approach of Rick and Morty Pinball. So those are a couple of things I was excited about. And I will say, before I pass it over to you again, Little things that I didn't think I liked, but I think I'm going to like, that damn pop bumper. I think I'm really going to like the placement of that pop bumper. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. As our co-host Dennis Creasel has said to us in chat, he said that he thinks it's still going to feel very traditional because it's an Italian bottom, but just a replace sling with a pop bumper. So we're still going to get a lot of the same feeds, but it's got that slam feature that if it screws you and you have that lit, you're going to get a ball safe, but... I like the way that Pop Bumper was reacting because I tend to like more difficult games, and I think Rick and Morty is going to give that to me in spades. The Pop Bumper is innovative in the way in which it's been incorporated into the game, and that was going back a long time ago when Scott kind of had this on CAD, and Mm -hmm. Scott kind of showed me this concept, this idea that he had for another pinball machine, and that Pop Bumper was there. And I remember going away from that conversation and, and just talking to Scott and saying that, where is that almost are you almost forcing yourself to think too far outside of the box to get too innovative? Because yeah. I think what happens when pinball people especially are accustomed to something and you change something like a back box shape, when you take a pop bumper and you put it where a sling is, oh, yeah. I ex- expected there to be, you know, um, a crisis within the masses. But it seems like this general concept has not only been accepted very well, but people are now anticipating and craving to want to mm-hmm. play it. And I have to tip my hat to Scott on it because if it was me, I would not have done it. I just, I don't think that I would have mm-hmm. had the courage to kind of do that because at that point I would have felt like I was battling uh, uphill right off the bat to try to convince people that it made sense. But from what I'm seeing, it looks like it makes, uh, it, it was a good decision on his end. My one kind of concern 
were the shots that were coming off the upper right hand flipper and that were feeding uh, like the orbit shots and the loop shots to the left. And that could have been because of jitters from those that were playing. That could have been a game that maybe just wasn't level and needs a little bit of expertise as far as setup goes. But Mm. assuming those shots, okay, assuming those shots are fun shots and they're not rattly shots consistently, I think that that will end up working itself out. Mm. Um, there are games that I do like that do have a little bit of clunk, and Deadpool is one of those games where I it's just I it doesn't frustrate me the clunk on Deadpool. And I'm not hinting that I am convinced that Rick and Morty will have some clunkiness on the left side. I'm just saying based on what I've seen off of a pinball stream or two, uh, that did kind of make me wonder how that's going to end up playing out uh, on my game when I get it. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. I saw the same issues with that orbit shot. Now, I'm not going to be as nice uh, because these are the manufacturers of the game. They have 20 being built. They get to choose one to put on video to make the entire example of the way this thing shoots. They chose the one. uh, For better or worse, that orbit had had some issues right now i don't know is it because there's i think there's a spinner there isn't there so yeah i don't know if it's the spinner uh, that was preventing it to be as clean as it needs to be now we did see a couple shots that did feed through and you can repeat that shot but i i don't know if it's an angle thing but there was a lot of and then rolling back out sure does scare me as well as that garage shot the garage shot is very much on the tip of that upper right flipper and we know just by the trajectory and the geometry of that that's not going to be a fast flowy shot i don't think i think you're going to be lucky just to get it up in there and trickle back up the play field because there is an incline that's what is, I'm is that with shot that. is it accessible from the lower right flipper or do you need to only access that garage shot on the left because i know you can hit the garage from the right the garage shot is only accessible through the third flipper, but okay. using the lower left flipper, you can take the right orbit that goes, I believe, to it as well. Right. But if exactly. you want to hit it in front through that garage door, it's only accessible by that upper right flipper, which I'm fine with. I'm good. No, with that. that's that's fine. I, I just I don't want there to be a shot that altered the rest of the game that you just physically can't hit without it Mm -hmm. being accidental. But again, this is just early speculation. I'm not one to really put a final judgment on a game before I've played it even like 30, 40, 50 times. Of course. You know what I mean? The the things that I am excited about, number one, the and you had touched on it before, but the video assets in the callouts, the custom callouts from Justin Roiland alone is it can make this game um amazing for me to own and what this has done now rick and morty alone has made me gone and 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 watch all four seasons absolutely after seeing this pinball stream and seeing how now these episodes are integrated as modes it's made me gone back i'm starting season one again i'm watching Mm -hmm. these through again because you don't know when a new mode's going to be introduced that's going to pay homage to another episode and i want to have as much digested and understanding of these episodes as i can And I'll say this, Zach, watching these episodes for the second time, something I typically don't ever, ever, ever do. You pick up on things that you didn't pick up on originally, and it's Mm -hmm. it's just as funny uh, as it was the first time. So it's it's going to be I'm pumped for it, but I'm also going to be a realist. And uh, until I'm able to actually sit down and physically shoot the game. I think that what you're alluding to is really well said is that this is something that you and I weren't a huge part of, but because it brought us into uh, this this series. We like it so much 
that it's now not not just a cartoon, not just a TV show, but it's a part of what we identify as and that we are going to love for years and years regardless of what happens to right. it. And if you're able to take something like that, it can easily become a dream theme-like thing, and then you mix that with a pinball machine in which we're passionate about. That's why this thing is hitting on all cylinders. And speaking of hitting on all cylinders, do you see the freaking loop shot? How quick that thing yeah, is? Yeah, it is fast. It is fast. Ooh, that buttery smooth there. The spaceship jostling around. I think that was well done. I like the little right mini orbit thing. The right ramp is the right ramp. Um, and then the, the feed, the subway feed. I don't know, Ken. This thing, it's getting a lot of hype. And if code backs it up, it may be special. I don't see I, I don't see how the code's not going to back it up. We know that uh, Bowen Cairns is working on ro- on a rule set, right? You've got Eric Pricky mm-hmm. who's implementing those rules um, within his ability to code, and I'm sure that there are conversations being had in what direction uh, the pinball machine should take as far as the modes go. So I'm confident that the code's going to be there. Again, for me, it's going to come down to the, uh, the the physical gameplay because everything else, for the most part, is hitting on all cylinders for yeah. me. Uh, art artwork wise, it uh, it's it's what I would expect from a Rick and Morty pinball machine. It's not anything that's over the top, and I'm willing to look past what I... I think it's very good. Okay, so you think it's very good. I think it's very good. I don't think it's the best I've ever seen, but okay, I think it's very right. good. I think it's beautiful. The cabinet artwork is just gorgeous. That thing, It's gorgeous. It's seamless between the front of the cab and the right of the cab. If you look at it at an angle, it mm-hmm. looks like one world. That's drop dead gorgeous i love that the play field i can i see time machine uh with the lightning bolts and the space themes and stuff like right. that but i'm still i'm liking the color saturation i'm liking the gradient coloring that is a world versus uh the upper two-thirds which is the planet i like all that i can do without the side blades um mm-hmm. whenever my order comes i don't know if i get the side blades i'm not really crazy about those um uh, but can oh, cromwell topper talk Dude, the topper was awesome. <laughs> you like the topper? Oh my! Yeah, when it's we inter- saw it on the bullshit right. show, that was cool. Yeah, for what it is, too. If you really think about it, I mean, it's not terribly complex, but nope. it's absolutely effective and it is fun and it works well with the game. And I like all the little razzle dazzle. You guys know that, listeners. And when I think of razzle dazzle, I think of crystals and that freaking death crystal to the left, in which way it's integrated with different colors. That thing pops. That thing is a highlight of the machine. You can call it a toy. I think it's a toy. It's not an interactive toy, but it really sets up the whole left side of the play field. But I'm still worried about that loop. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Let me take it back just another step when we talk about cosmetics of the game. And it's something that I am trying to figure out if I really, really like or if I would maybe have gone in another direction. And that is like the armor that's on the Bloodsucker Edition, which is that purple color. I know it's been discussed prior, but after having some time to kind of digest the pinball machine overall, has your opinions at all changed on the choice of the color of the armor that's on the Mm, game? uh, (sighs) Could you see yourself at any point changing that to better... uh, to, to, to appeal to your tastes, or is that what you would want to have on there originally? I would absolutely change it if it did come as a stainless steel standard. Sure. Since it does come with either that hammered vein gray in this, or the, the purple powder coat, I likely will not. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, if I had my option, I think the purple may be a good option there. It's just I would have loved to have seen more metallic 
uh, flake in there. Yeah, that's where have, I was going to. Yeah, I do love a metallic, metallic flake. flake. Yeah, that yeah. that I have a buddy here locally, really good friend, and he is just he likes powder coats, but he hates a flat matte powder coat. Uh, or it's not matte; it's glossy. But he, if it has a metallic feel to it, and it has uh, light hits it a different way, then he really loves it. But otherwise, he just thinks it's kind of bland. And on this speaker panel, eh. I'm going to have it on there just because. That's my one place is that speaker panel is. But I think it opens itself up for something from the mod community, maybe a 3D printed plastic that can clip on there or something. There's an open canvas for that to kind of fill up a little bit. Um, So it's not as concerning to me when I really sit back and look at it. But when I look at it, it looks like that area needs something there. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. But hey, that. guess what? It's because I'm going to be picky. Because why not? I'm a pinball collector. I'm a pinball enthusiast. What I'm just else gonna are we going to be picky about everything? About, right? Let's talk about something else that I that I have a little bit of a bone to pick with, and that's oh, over boy. at Stern Pinball, oh, uh, revolting uh, Iron Man vaults. Like, oh. <laughs> what's, what's going on with Iron Man vaults? So I did not see this coming at all. When I think of all the vaults mm-hmm. that we could kind of consider them coming out with, and Craig Bobby was covering this story. And you hear the, the, you know, Tron, you hear Ghostbusters now being thrown around. You hear Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings yeah. Exactly. But we have Iron Man Vault. Now, I don't know about you, where I think Iron you Man You might Vault, know about me, Ken. <laughs> I might know more about you. There's a lot of people that tend to know a lot about you, actually. <laughs> That's for no shit. <laughs> you they tell me things I don't even know about myself. Exactly. You don't know really? yourself, Zach. I you am that? I didn't know. I thought I liked people. Right. right. But anyways, uh, so Iron Man Vault, I... <laughs> I don't know anybody that's in my kind of circle of local friends that were looking for another Iron Man vault. And then when I kind of reached out to some other people asking if it was something that they were looking for, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Do you have any speculation or any idea what may have weighed into the decision for Stern to vault a game that they've since vaulted prior? So this is the second, now the third release of Iron Man and the second time it's been released as a vault. I think in pinball media, it's very hard to be a distributor. But uh, being a distributor, I can help kind of be the conduit of communication here uh, as well. I I don't know specifically. I didn't see it coming because distributors weren't informed of this until I believe it was day of or the day before. uh, Oh, so you legitimately as a distro, like you didn't know this was in the pipeline. Correct. I did. I thought that you did. Nope. Nope. Did not know it was uh, coming up. And I don't think Stern would mind me saying that. But no, they just updated us that, hey, we're going to be running a very small run here of the Iron Man uh, vaults. Uh, a lot of them are going to be going overseas, but we do still have some domestically. And then um, you went to your Iron Man vault wait list, and then how many people did you have to call? Well, there's a, there were some crickets there, but I weighed I through, love it. Weighed through <laughs> some of the crickets, put my order <laughs> that's, in. That's uh, great. And then another small run is going to be done. So you're going to see a small run, listeners, of this Iron Man vault. It is a gorgeous game, and they sold a ton of them. So uh, I think I think it's going to sell decent but was anybody wanting it? Uh, no, I, I, I don't have a wait list for it. They're going to do another small run probably in the fall and the winter. You're going to see another small run there. But I would say that the reason we're seeing this over a Lord of the Rings or a Tron, look, guys, Stern knows that everybody wants Lord of the Rings and, and Tron. They're, they're not dumb. They're very smart uh, in what they do. By them knowing that, this tells me 
that it was more advantageous to run something like this, maybe because the license itself was a little bit easier to attain. And maybe they, you know, if it's easy to attain and people are still asking for it, why not do a small run? Because you know you're going to sell them. I think that's what we're dealing with here. Um, It also, and I have no clue, but it makes me hope and wish that to them, a Lord of the Rings vault or to them, a Tron vault is going to be something that's a bit more special. So they want to take a little bit more time if they can attain those licenses, a little bit more time to make it more contemporary or to change it in a way uh, that that gives what us hobbyists really want to see. But as we're trying to do, you know, a small run of people that are wanting something, I'm kind of glad that they didn't rush out something um, like a Lord of the Rings without any changes or like a Tron without any changes. So I'm okay with it, but I will say that I'm not sure we will ever see, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, I'm not sure we're ever going to see a vault of Lord of the Rings or of Tron Legacy. Oh, man. Now, that's interesting that you say that because George Gomez, when he came in and he was streaming with us uh, months ago, Mm -hmm. and it was on Flipping Out, and we were streaming Star Wars The Pin. And he also said that, hey, listen, Stern knows that you guys want these vaults. and And he said, if I remember correctly, we know what you guys want, and at some point you'll probably get it. Okay. But it seems so. It, it I, I can see true. both sides, though. I mean, it can't be easy to go out now and just re up a Lord of the Rings <laughs> or yeah. a uh, or a Tron. It's a different for, board from a system. licensing standpoint. Licensing yeah. is really tough. Uh, I know that licensing is tough on those two. Uh, those two titles in particular. So if this is something where they're just offering yet another title, hell, these guys are up to like 12 titles that they're producing, if not more at any given time. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like if you like Iron Man, you may want to buy one. If you don't, then you don't have to buy one. I, that's a great I, point. Like, I, I don't know. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. I do think that it opens up doors, and I, and I hope that Stern considers this, that that they will be willing to do small runs for games that are now not being produced or it, it might be out of their licensing. Mm-hmm. Because for those that are looking for that elusive new in-box, uh, you do have those opportunities to grab it. Iron Man was first produced and put out to the market in 2010. They then came out with a vault in 2014, and the vault was really cool because it it included your LEDs, it included some of the improved mechanisms, it included that foil cabinet that we've seen on other pinball machines that are usually at a very much higher price. So I think that was cool. And then back in uh, now in 2020, they've come out with this again, and they didn't right. they didn't take away anything. So I think that was smart. The MSRP on this is 59.99, Ken, and you should be able to pick one up uh, about 56.99. So all in all, it's still lower than lower price than the other pros. And, uh, you know, it's loved by a lot of people and he- a hell of a competition tournament pin if you ask a lot of the competitive players. That's what I've also heard. Now, when we think about the other pinball companies that are on the eve of potentially revealing something, right? Ooh. We've got American Pinball, and American Pinball is being covered by Brian Cosner, Cos, and he's talking about their next release. We also consider what Ken Rudberg is bringing to the table covering Jersey Jack Pinball because we're anticipating their next release. So mm-hmm. we've got two manufacturers. Do we see these games revealed? at the next pinball show or the the next major show is at this point is TPF. But prior to that, you've got the Louisville show that's coming up in the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go to TPF for the most part. And then, you know, the next weekend is MGC. Can you see when you consider that deep roots going to be bringing in Raza at least, oh, geez, yeah. 
can you see three manufacturers all bringing new games to Texas Pinball Festival? And if you can, does it make sense for them to all try to share the same spotlight? Or does it make sense for them to kind of spread the wealth and go to different shows and reveal outside of shows? Hmm. Wow, that was a big question there, Cromwell. Well, because when I think about it, it's like we already know, confirmed, Deep Root's doing this. And we heard Joe Balser say, I want to say six weeks ago. Or, oh, or, yeah, he said it. You know, and, and I think that was on uh, the Super Awesome Pinball Show. He said, listen, you're going to be able to, to play this game at TPF. And, and what Kaz is saying is that you might be able to, to take this game with you at TPF, which would be a huge feat. Can you even talk? Like Craig Bobby said, uh, rumored Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from Stern Pinball. Like maybe... <sighs> We see yeah. that there? Like, what is Heroes going on? Half shell. Yeah, so, listen, new pins are on my mind. I can't keep track of them all because here I am. I'm talking about Raza, and I'm talking about American Pinball's next game, and I'm talking about Jersey Jack Pinball's next game. Um, I think the thing with Stern now is, like, I'm so used to them coming out with new stuff. It, it's hard for me to even keep track. So, absolutely my apologies. Let's go back just for a second. And let's get back into uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, Craig was talking about having some rumored specifics for that yeah. game. You talked about a player-controlled diverter. Like, I don't... I think Shadow, when I hear like, that... Yeah, that, so do he, I. That was just going to say. You talked of team co-op. I think a TNA, everybody working together towards one common goal through the path of a game. You talked about online t- connectivity. Holy crap. Uh, Jersey Jack Pinball is kind of beta-testing some online connectivity. Now, here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing is Stern Pinball is smart. And contrary to popular belief that, for, for the listeners, that was the fourth time I tried to make that statement, uh, the, they don't tell distributors anything, which I think is smart because I don't want to be blamed for giving away anything. So when when I hear rumors of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Stern or I hear rumors of Guns N' Roses by JJP or Hot Wheels by American Pinball, here's the thing, guys. They don't tell us, so I have no clue. And right, if, it's not a distributor leak this early yeah. on where you would have any of that information. But damn it, Ken, if this is yeah. true, a little TMNT with those features, I think would be a killer seller. Killer! The features excite me more than the theme, and I'm fine with that because for me to be heavily vested into a theme it, it makes me become ultra cynical to how everything is implemented wow, so I'll start calling you crane yeah whatever i don't even know what that means what does that mean no crane is that I'm tmnt teenage stuff teenage see yeah, i don't even know there you go you know what to be fair yeah. shout out to dennis creasel he would totally be crane you'd be more of a since you're hating on tmnt uh you'd be more of a shredder i think i'm not hating on the theme it's just if, if it never maybe. came out and actually, it already has, but obviously, it's not the machine that people want. So it warrants a second effort. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, if it's TMNT, whatever. I'd almost prefer it to be uh, My Little Pony because I literally know more about My Little Pony than I do TMNT <laughs> because of my daughters. So if if for some reason we could get online connectivity with Team Co-op together, picture this: mm-hmm. picture starting up with three of your buddies around the world. A game of of whatever. I don't care if it's TMNT at this point, but the online connectivity and uh, team co-op. Think if you could do that together. Player one is on Australia. Player two, and you get one ball. The system knows to give you one ball, and it tells you it kicks it out when it's ready for you to play ball two. And everybody just takes turns, and they try to get through this game together as a co-op as the different turtles. 
It would be fun, too. You could even go ahead and if four people were playing together after ball one, you could simply take the highest score from the four and apply that towards the efforts that you're trying to make. And I think leveling up and advancing and that sort of thing is so heavily prevalent right now in the way that people approach video gaming. You know, it's about achievements Mm -hmm. and leveling up. It would be so beneficial, in my opinion, to implement something like that within online coding because it's going to, you know, create something different for those that are used to what they're uh, getting in pinball machines. But then, like, if you're calling to the youth, I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that that interests them. It is the achievement based yeah. kind of thing, and and it would be fun to collaborate. Like but you can said, they, hold up, can they do down. all? Can they do all of this at once? No, and I they mean, won't do all of it co-op, at once. co-op, online right. connectivity, player right. control. Div- how, how do you even feel? Let's say a future game, whether it's Stern or anybody else, has a player-controlled diverter. How do, you, how do you feel about other mechanics that you control rather than just the flippers or a magnet? I'm fine with it. Like the magnet is where I was gonna <laughs> don't, go. Don't it's sound like too hot about it. It's it's not anything that's huge for me. I mean, if you're able to control something with an, with an extra button, and usually when I have like something as simple as like a magnet save, mm-hmm. I very rarely will ever activate it because I just I'm not thinking to use it. So okay. I, I guess to get used to it, and I haven't owned a shadow for a super long period of time. So for me to really appreciate what uh, a player controlled diverter can do on the long term. Um, mm-hmm. again, I would have to have more exposure I, to it. So I'm with you. I'm a bit mixed as well. Some of the, some of the stuff that we've seen in the past that are, pl- that is player controlled. I'm with you. Magna saves hit and miss for me right. uh, because my mind just isn't there. I, I can't say that I don't like it though, because on the shadow, one of my favorite games ever made. And in my opinion, Brian Eddy's masterpiece, I think it works really, really well. So I'm mixed. We'll have to see how it's integrated, if it's ever integrated into a game. But I'm still open to the innovation that it can that it can bring. So yeah, so we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we have JJP possibly. I I do not think we're going to see anything from Stern at TPF. If I had to guess, uh, we're going to see that probably right after uh, JJP. W- <sighs> JJP, I don't know if we're going to see the rumors are Guns and Roses. What if I were to tell you, King Cromwell, American Pinball, sure, they told us it's going to be a TPF, it's going to be a TPF. Right. What if I told you that my bet is that we're going to see JJP's next game before TPF? Eh? I think it would make sense because then now you're jumping out in front of all these reveals and you snatch that money up on your order process. Mm. So I could see that happen. I would also have to speculate that that game... Is it possible that game is already on the line or being assembled at Jersey Jack Pinball? Mm. Well, now, if I were to guess, just knowing the way manufacturing is over there, I'd say no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. But no. Uh, they're selling Wonka's pretty well, but I think I think the time is a transition over. Yeah. Maybe they do that in the next month. Maybe we see it. But... Man, we saw Wonka at MGC. We didn't see it at TPF. We saw Yellow Brick Road. So it's really tough to know what they are going. Is everybody running away from TPF as a reveal show? What I don't know. But if, in all fairness, if you look at Jersey Jack prior, their prior releases, you saw Pirates revealed, I believe, at Expo. You saw Dialed In revealed at Expo. So yeah. I think for them, because they do have the creative team here in regards to like programmers and, uh, and, and music and all that kind of, I mean, it's just very easy for them all to drive to Milwaukee to kind yep. of represent Jersey Jack to reveal a game versus trying to haul everything to Texas for a grand reveal. 
but they can rely on distributors. It's a mixed gaming type of convention. Yeah, it is. I I think that you're going to see in 2020, especially manufacturers kind of going the the stern route. We don't have to have a grand reveal at a at a game uh, convention. I I think that sucks if that's where the direction goes. And I and I spoke about this before. The pinball enthusiast goes to a pinball show because they're supporting pinball and they're interested in pinball. Give the people that are supporting pinball the thrill of experiencing a game reveal. I, mm. To me, where they might not rely on the success or failure of a pin from a company standpoint, just out of courtesy and appreciation for those that are buying your products, give them something that they can look forward to at a show. I, I don't know why you would go out of your way not to do that. I, think, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think I disagree here because... Using that as an example, we're lumping in playability and being able to play this damn thing. What if, Ken, Mm -hmm. what if they said to hell with show reveals, but here's what we're going to do. We are going to have an awesome promo. We're going to have an awesome panel uh, discussion by the pinball show, of course. And then we're going to have a stream live by flipping out pinball. We're going to have that all right there. And then within two weeks, just like Stern Pinball, they're going to start shipping. Then I don't think you hear people complain as much because people just want to play these things. And if they are readily available at launch, like they did with Stranger Things or shortly after, I don't think us as hobbyists complain as much anymore. It's okay, that but, damn wait. Right. But now you're talking about, all right, so an online reveal is fine. But I think the first place that people are able to get their hands on the game should be at pinball dedicated shows. You should be able to flip on a game. Okay, Instead well, what if, what's your I choice, mean, though? If you had to pick, I'd rather play it at an upcoming show or mm-hmm. I would rather be able to buy it and have it in my house in two weeks, a week, or immediately. Which one are you picking? It's hard to say. I Personally, me. I would I'd like to... get in my house. I disagree. I would like to have... I would like to play the game before I made a decision on purchasing the game. Oh, that's um, so 2016. No, it's not, man. It's it's <laughs> To me, it's like it's the sensible thing to do. Now, I'm in a very, and, and I'm just going to no, say this. Gonna like going to be on I'm location. A, yeah, but I mean, listen, so I'm in St. Charles, Illinois. I'm 40 miles west of Chicago. Like for me to really get into a location type play, I, I'm going into the city for the most that part. That poor to play guy shivering new. in Alaska right now that's miles. a hobbyist. He's like, no, man. 40 miles. <laughs> I it's, would love that. <laughs> Well, for somebody that Try really likes to leave the uh, second floor in the house sometimes. No, it's just one of those things. Like I, And I've been in a fortunate situation, um, whereas you know, with you allowing us to stream these the new games for flipping out on our mm-hmm. streaming channel, I have not really had to venture far out to play anything new because it's dropped at my door and we stream it. I get enough time on it. But yeah. I, I'm thinking if I did not have that access, I would still like to be able to play a game without relying on a pinball stream or without relying on a pin side uh, mashing a game up and then it tainting my opinion. I like yeah. to play a game. Now, if I'm not that close to a pinball show, then what does that do for me? It does nothing because I still mm. can't play because I'm not going to a pinball show. So I guess, I guess depending argument. on how you... Yeah, depending on how you look at it, I mean, there are pros and cons. I just still think that that these game reveals would be so much more fun, ideally, if you could do them at pinball shows instead of online or at uh, even at like CES, which is, yeah. you know, not something that many people are just, going for, for I pinball. Think, I think the key that Stern has figured out and they're maximizing on it better than anybody else combined is announcement release. That's it. That's it. You the the lower the time in between those two events, the better success of sales. And I don't care what you are presenting or revealing. 
shorten well, the time is more sales. Let's look at American Pinball, though, because if what they're saying comes to fruition, not only are they going to reveal a game at a pinball show, but they're going to let you physically buy the game <sighs> and take it with you. It's like the best of, of all worlds. And it's at the biggest pinball show, I think, in the world, right? TPF, probably yeah. the most, at least the most well-known. I don't know. Um, I don't see it happening. You don't see them revealing and selling that day? Nope. Don't see okay. it happening. Sure, I, I I respect Cause for getting that information. He's pretty close to him, but I don't see that happening. And maybe that's just because I'm being left out of the loop, but uh, right. I've been told about being able to sell any damn games at TPF. I know that uh, they'll probably have their own booth, or they will be set up at the, eh, maybe Chris at Kingpin. I don't know where American Pinball is going to be really set up at, but... No, I don't. Uh, I don't see them having those up in the box ready because uh, that well, there's some sense. changes going on at American Pinball there right are. now. There's some staff New COO. changes. Yes, We've there's got, uh, other changes going on yeah. behind the scenes. I don't know how well publicized that is yet. So, well, let's it break it like, here. Hey, on only on the pinball show, That's right. they are uh, they're making moves, and I can only imagine it's because they think that it's increasing their ability to move forward as a company. I mean, you don't mm -hmm. you don't make changes necessarily if everything is working out 100%. So I can't speculate as but to how what can the you buy them are. from distributors at the show? Like uh, distributors all drive semi trucks down there with like I, it just doesn't make any sense. Are they going to I figured the they would they there? would have show games like maybe 5 of them and then those show games could be packed up and, and taken with you. I mean oh, Okay. Maybe. That's the only way that I, I can I think of because American maybe. Pinball will not sell direct. It's not like you can call American Pinball like you would a spooky pinball and say, right. "Hey, this is the yeah. game I want. Can you take care of me?" Mm -hmm. Um and I, and Jersey Jack still does that too, right? You can buy direct from Jersey you Jack can. Pinball. Yes. Yeah. So, that's not the case with American Pinball. So, well, so anyways, I have no clue. No clue. Time, time will uh, time will tell here because we are at the uh, final countdown. We are about, I don't know, less than two months now from TPF. Holy moly. Ooh. It's coming up quick. A lot of exciting stuff and a lot of changes you're going to see in here between now and then. Speaking of excitement <laughs> and changes and something that really weighed heavily on my mind uh, after I had seen it. Did I accidentally send you that picture? Sorry about that. <laughs> No, you amazing, didn't. Well, I don't think that was accidentally. That's, oh. that's why we had to pause. Well, uh, haggis pinball. Oh, so yeah. the haggis hammer. That's what I'm calling this story. We get a video that gets released, kind of like press release style uh, announcement from Damien and Haggis, mm -hmm. showing them using and abusing their approach to pinball playfields, and those playfields coming out completely unscathed even with cycle testing up to 800,000 rolls mm -hmm. not a scuff on the playfield now when we think about what deep root was suggesting and it was the whole we could take a sledgehammer to our playfield and nothing is going to affect it yeah. um, but it seems like Haggis has, has not only taken that idea but they've beat them to the punch as far as displaying that to the public they showed it they proved it they did they didn't take it to Houston Expo and said, look, this isn't our real playing fields. It's a Merco, but I promise you, in four months from now, we're going to have one that you can hammer. Well, and I'm wondering if this was something, because when you think of the hammer of the playfield, you think of Deep Root, right? And, and it's yeah. something that I've speculated on. Well, what would they be doing to their playfields to make them different? And I think everybody at one point has, has figured out maybe some type of a polycarbonate over laminate that would cover everything to kind of, you know, protect the playfield from underneath, whether it was re reverse printed or printed on wood or a sandwich of this, that, or the other thing. But now there's no speculation with Haggis because they show us exactly what they're doing. 
they're very open too, given all of the description of how it's made up and everything. I was surprised to hear that. It was very, there was complete transparency, which I appreciated. And I, and Mm -hmm. if you don't mind, if I can just say this really quick, and this is no disrespect to Haggis, but at the time they had announced their company and I was still co-hosting my other podcast, I don't believe there was one time on our show that we ever mentioned or discussed Haggis Pinball. And at the time it was because a lot of startup companies were having issues and just went away. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to invest any additional time into another up and coming company that I thought ultimately might not pan out. And at this point, why did we waste time covering it? Now, I see this game revealed for the first time and it was at Texas Pinball Festival and I walked by it, Zach, and I looked at it and I said, eh, that's that's cool that they did it. But I saw another company do that with uh, Mafia, right? Mm-hmm. That I looked and it and it hasn't really gotten off the ground as far as mass production. I figured that was the same with Haggis. Now, when I see this Playfield video, Uh-oh. I don't know what it is, but something clicked with me. Hmm. And it was that this guy, who doesn't have any of the pinball experience that the other companies have, has been more innovative within the last 18 months with pinball than the rest of those companies have as of late. And it got me excited to the point where it's like, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to blindly support Damien and his efforts and his team. But it really put them on the radar for me, and it really is making me want to jump on a game, and it's really making me want to learn more about the company and what they have to offer. And I'm, I find myself going from zero interest to I hope that this works out, and I hope that this game is fun because I could see myself getting behind not only the story but the person and the game, and this, and that's what pinball is about for me. It's about fun, and I can see this potentially as being a sleeper title that could be released here shortly. Now, are after you, I say all this... Are you going to want to buy this game? I, I don't know. I have to play the game. Okay. But after I say all this... <laughs> That's so 2012. Am I, am I crazy for, for making this kind of emotional change of heart and interest based on one video? Or is there something here that I'm just late to the party on? Hmm. Or is that a rhetorical question? Or you want it can be whatever you want, man. I want to like, answer the question. Dude, I'm out of breath talking about it. My um, heart elevated a little bit. I got a little bit excited, and I apologize. Well, Ken, I'm going to speak on the behalf of my client over here, the devil. The, way, <laughs> the advocate's here. Yeah. Right. I, I could have done the Keanu Reeves. But, uh, so I think you are responding to something that is very exciting and something that could potentially be a game changer in the entire industry of pinball and the history of pinball as we know it. But pump the brakes a little bit because I have concerns with what I saw on that video. Okay. And what would those concerns be? All right. Here's some of the things that we still need to consider. This is a company, as you talked about, a very young company that has not produced anything quite yet there's also an individual that runs this company that owns and operates this company that just got into pinball manufacturing 18 months ago yes not to say that he can't do it not to say that he is the einstein of pinball manufacturing it's just we don't know yet the other thing that i would i would be cautious for listeners out there uh, to get too excited here what i saw was something that's new we have no clue what this product will do 
over the next year, over the next five years, over the next 20 years. I've heard some podcasters already talking about it and saying, essentially, you're going to have a play field that's going to last for 20 to 30 years and not to, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we, we can't tell the future. We don't know that. We don't know. I'm a, a couple points here. I do not like plastic protectors. Those pinball protectors, if you've seen sure, those. Sure, yeah. So the ball is going to play differently yeah, a little bit on a plastic yeah. protector than it is on a clear-coated okay. play field. That's something to take into consideration. I don't know if you can have any material other than wood and clear coat that feels similar or feels as good. So I'll take the Ken Cromwell approach here. I have to play it first. The second thing being a little bit of... A little bit of uh, tricks going on there. When we seen that ball <gasps> rolling 30,000. Yeah, tricks. <laughs> yes. wow. There is some. Whoa, what happened? Schmeagel ah. just came in here. Yeah. What's, uh, what do you so, mean tricks? There's some trickery yeah. there. Some sleight of hand. Is I'm that what you're suggesting? I'm not saying it's intended. But when we see that demonstration of the ball rolling 30,000 times or whatnot. Hey, I think it was 800,000 times. Let's take it to 2.5 million. There is a difference, listeners, between a rolling ball and a skidding ball. Mm-hmm. We know that when it comes to physics of a pinball machine, when you hit that ball with a powered flipper, the first the first movement of that ball is in fact not a roll. It is a skid to a roll. I Which think increases fair to say the friction yes. between the ball and the play More field. More friction on Lexan or acrylic or whatever it means yep. would be a higher susceptibility of a smudge or uh, what we see that hazing on the ACDC or we see the hazing on different things. So rolling, rolling's fine. But that's not what a pinball does. Pinball skids, especially in more contemporary machines. That's true. That's true. And the other thing to really shut this thing down. Sorry, sorry, Damien. I love you. You are a a beautiful, wonderful human being. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. Um, How do we know? Plastic yellows. You know, stuff like this yellow. How do we know this doesn't yellow over time? If it yellows, it's going to look like shit. Um. You, you lump all that in with the fact that it is a pretty basic basic layout. Um, it, it's cool. I like what's going on there, but I don't know if this sells more games. I think that this prepares the industry for a huge change if it is all that is being presented. But at this point in time, it's a wait and see for me. I know our buddy Greg Bone is a big big fan of this game he said it's just simply a blast and he loves the rules that's already been implemented into it but i don't, I don't know i don't know i'm not well, sold you've, you've quite got yet this, this smaller startup company out of australia with these concepts and these designs that kind of beat deep root to the punch mm-hmm. and deep root being their own self-proclaimed kind of industry powerhouse in the making i enjoyed the gamemanship there because now it's entertaining if, if, if a sledgehammer is dropped on a play field over at, uh, in San Antonio on the Wednesday prior to TPF, I think the first thing people will think of now at this point is not that the play field's indestructible, <laughs> but somebody else already did it. We're going to yawn and say, seen that. And I wonder, the gamemanship is uh, something news. that we are going to see more of between these, these pinball companies, and it's, uh, it's entertaining to say the least. Assuming that all this works out, though, 
I think the evolution of the play field, it makes sense to start utilizing some type of polycarbonate over laminate, assuming it's not going to alter the way the ball plays mm-hmm. as much. We heard Python Angelo uh, as he spoke on the top cast pinball podcast saying that back in the day that they were using diamond plate. The reason polycrylic and diamond plate weren't being used anymore was because of the longevity of the play fields. They needed those play fields to deteriorate so that distributors would sell to operators replacement games and not have a pinball machine that would last forever, putting those companies out of business. And that's when there was nothing on the play fields and the play field swaps were a lot simpler. mm -hmm. I, I just that's. Uh, no manufacturer is creating play fields nowadays that wear out. I, just, I agree. Nah, it's just that's not that's not what 2020 pinball is. Uh, well, and that's not where I was going with that. I was going whereas no, I know, they I know. realized back then how effective polycarbonate mm-hmm. could be on protecting a play field. So here we are, fast forward 30 years later, and now we're seeing some companies, at least one that we know of, that's going to implement this. And uh, I think it's an exciting time. I, I'm not married to the wooden play field. Okay, let's do this or that real quick, Ken. Let's do this or that. This or that. A play field that's made of wood that has the feel that you love of pinball, but over time has the susceptibility to do the little imperfections, the little bubbling here or there, a little uh, that, or a play field that is indestructible and will not cause one damn smudge one hey nothing it will look beautiful in 20 years but it feels much much different to a worse degree than your wooden play field, yeah this or that no i would go i would go with this i would rather have the original play fields as they're being manufactured i would as well it's just that there's so many variables from play field to play field now and company to company that it, it sometimes I get the feeling like it's the lottery and you just hope that you've got a winning ticket and that mm-hmm. you're not forced into a situation where you felt like, you know, maybe you invest a little bit more and didn't get what you expected yeah. from the purchase. And, so. and, and look, listeners, I know that this is going to be uh, misconstrued and this is going to be taken by other people. You're going to hear it. I'm marking it right now. You guys, uh, you'll see. It's going to say, oh, here's a distributor. He's just pumping what he's selling. And no, honestly, no, you're this being is, fair. You're being fair. Yeah, this is not it. What I'm saying is I don't want to lose the feeling of pinball, but I am all for every manufacturer that I sell for or that I don't sell for. I am for them continuing to improve the quality of these play fields because it is an issue that I feel like needs to be addressed immediately. I'm with you there. But I don't want to play on something that doesn't feel like pinball. That's all. That's it. You heard Joe Kamenkow discussing play field issues too, uh, and that was on the Super Awesome Pinball Podcast. But he also discussed a few other things that really kind of caught our ears, Zach. God, you're segwayed. You're, you're magnificent. You, know, <laughs> you like that, huh? You I was are, practicing and, today. And I know that you're under the weather right now, and that right there is oh, what we call man. an A-plus transition. Bravo. Yeah, nothing kills, so nothing kills the transition like calling out the transition. But uh, of I, course, th- it's meta-transitions. Yeah. <laughs> well, last time I transitioned, you had to bring me back because I forgot half of what you wanted to discuss on Stern. So hey, That was as, edited out. Nobody even knew about that. As we find <laughs> our way here on so what are you uh, the Pinball about? Show. talks about themes that are like these huge talking points for people that have dream themes. That was Harry Potter, right? Mm -hmm. It was uh, Back to the Future as something that he teased and something that really shocked me that he had said. And if you haven't listened to the show, go back and listen to it. It's their last episode that they have up. But the one thing that he discussed that was shocking to me was his really not thinking that the Goonies would make 
a popular pinball theme. Yeah, that's that's madness. That that's and one of my I, dream things. Stupid. And it was weird because I know that I mean Joe Kamenkow and Roger Sharp, right? These are the two guys that mm-hmm. when I think of who's out there getting these big licenses, who's getting these themes that we love, and you know, and having them uh, sign on with these pinball manufacturers mm-hmm. to hear Joe say, "Nah, the Goonies, like Stranger Things, kind of already did it. The Goonies isn't anything. It's it's a it's not a theme for pinball." No. It just like it blew my mind. Like I didn't. I'm like, wow. So either I'm way out of touch with what I think is a big pinball theme. Or uh, I'll agree to disagree with Mr. Cam and Kyle. I think that maybe that's what happens when you know a theme is really good, but you're not able to get it and somebody uh, okay. else gets it. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't even think of that aspect. Yeah, that's what that's what that was. Look, Joe Cam and Cal, I respect more than I do a lot of people in pinball because I think he is a freaking beast. He's snarky. He's confident. He gets shit done. I love the guy's uh, line of work. I love what he's able to bring to pinball uh, as I'm in pinball now. I love what he's able to bring to that. But this, he knows that Goonies is good. St- Joe, stop. <laughs> Just no. stop it, Joe. Come on, Joe. Stop. Good times. No. No. We'll see. So you think we see a, uh, a Goonies pinball machine where in 2020, you see that as coming as a, as a potential theme within the next 10 years in pinball? I would say uh, I would put $100 on that we will see a Goonies pinball machine within the next five years. Within the next five years. Okay, Absolutely. so what about Harry Potter? Do we see Harry Potter within the next five years? Five years is going to be tough. Harry Potter is going to get done, as Joe Kamenkow said. He said, look, it, it, like, it'll get done, but it takes a little bit of work, and you almost have to plug away. You have to chop wood like you do on Metallica. you got to chop wood until you get to that gold mine that is going to be Harry Potter. And he's been, he's been working on it. We know that there are – isn't there some type of – there's all kinds of different media, uh, like um, gaming stuff that's Harry Potter related. So it it will happen. What we'll get from it, I don't know. But um, I think Harry Potter will happen at some point in time. I think it's safe to assume then with Joe Cam and Kyle talking about him really being involved in pinball simply to keep that fun relationship with Gary Stern, that mm-hmm. any big license that Joe Cam and Kyle is going to uh, reel in is going to be a, uh, a Kapow or a Cam and Kyle Stern release. You're not mm-hmm. going to see Harry Potter if Cam and Kyle goes out and gets it. It's not going to Jersey Jack. It's not going to go to Deep Root. It's not going to go to American Pinball. It's going to go to Stern. I would think so. Just the way he was talking about uh, Mr. Stern and his relationship. I don't... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere else. I always, I always thought, why doesn't uh, Joe Kamenkow just have his own manufacturing business? But um, the way that he was talking in that interview over at the Super Awesome Pinball Show, it sounds like they're pretty close and they like every now and then to work with one another. And that's what we're seeing with Kapow Pinball. But he also talked about one of my other dream things. What's that? Crying. <laughs> what? How, how are you going to deal with me? I, I'm week. already having a good time, man. How, <laughs> I'm already so far, having so a good. good time, man. We're halfway through episode one, and yeah. I haven't wanted to jump off here. So, oh, back to the future, Cromwell. Yeah, back to the future. <gasps> Are you? It's just for real. No, I think it would be a fun pin. It'd be a fun theme. I'm not one that's like, oh my gosh, if they only did Back to the Future, it would bring my whole pinball dream to come true. It would wow. be a solid theme, but I, I don't care if they don't make it. You're I, the, I just don't. You're the kind of guy that doesn't like ice cream or theme parks, I guess. <laughs> no, right. right? No, I just it's just not a I like Back to the Future of the movie and uh I don't know. It, it it doesn't it wouldn't disappoint me if it never got made again. If it, it was just made, I would buy, that and Goonies. Those are my last two that are that are at the top of the 
the I would rather see Goonies than Back to the Future. If I, it, it, all right, so this or that. This, Back to the Future, that, Goonies. Okay, I would take the whole this or that segment, piss on it, burn it, and throw it into a dumpster and a ditch mm-hmm. uh, because I will not choose between Goonies or Back to the Future. I think it's they're like, both some of the greatest license. Now, I will right. tell you this. Give yeah. me Goonies or Back to the Future over Harry Potter any day of the week. Oh, and and Harry Potter is I will not lose a minute of sleep if Harry Potter never came comes out. I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. I've never read well, a sentence sad. of a Harry Potter book, but I can appreciate those that have and and that's why I think that it makes sense to bring it into pinball. I'd um, I'd, I'd buy one. I want a Harry Potter pinball machine, but the other ones are just that. Those are my jam. Those you know what though, if jam. you would have asked me 2 months ago, uh goonies or rick and morty i'm mean, like rick and morty well, i would not lose a minute of sleep if rick and morty mm-hmm. was ever made and then after becoming familiar with what that has to offer and how it can implement itself within the uh pinball it's like it's perfect for me so for me it's just lack of exposure to get me excited about harry potter but as somebody that's seen you know back to the future several times it just yeah. doesn't, you know, I don't well, know. It's just not my Here's an jam. interesting question, then we can move on. Yep. So we know that all of the other Kapow games, that is Batman 66 and the Beatles, that collaboration Beatles. with Stern Pinball. God, Beatles is good. Uh, Beatles that collaboration is great. always includes Christopher Franchi as the artist. Here's the question to you, Mr. Cromwell. Mm-hmm. Do we see Christopher Franchi on the next Kapow Pinball title? I, I would mm. say if it was up it depends on who that decision is up to. I do know this. If Back to the Future came out, regardless of who made it, it would be trending up. Can I heard you? Can I? Please, Ken, can I? You ready, buddy? For, for the first time oh on the gosh. Pinball Network and debuting on the Pinball Show, what you got for us, Zach? Oh, my gosh. What I got for you is kids running it upstairs. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's a new segment only on the pinball show. It's called <laughs> Kids Running F***ing Upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Things that have frustrated you through the week. Oh what God. were your kids doing oh running God. upstairs? They were that's awesome. Tapping on the car door window. She's back in the saddle again, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Pinball Show Pinball Market Trends. Damn it, that felt good. Woo-hoo-hoo. Got it out, buddy. Oh I'm excited. Let's let's gosh. do it. Let's hear it. Oof, it's right. been too long. It's been weeks. I need a I need a fan now. Hey, I'm having hot you got flashes. a fan right here, buddy. Am I am I in the menopause of pinball podcasting? I've been no, doing no, this no. a couple years now. All right, having a hot flash this week is... No, training up this week is Stern's Elvira House of Horrors. How about it? Uh Uh-huh. And you know why? Uh, Not only... uh, You can't find them on the secondary market. Sure, you can find them, but they're they're holding value really well. There's not... There's not a number of them that you can choose from in your your region. They're kind of hard to get on the secondary market. In addition to that, Cromwell, the code release point... Nine zero is f***ing huge. Yeah, a lot of big. enhancements. And when you're talking about Vira, you gotta have those enhancements. 
You know what sucks is that game just left here. Uh, Fuse Holder from Pinside picked that up yesterday before I got to play the new code. So oh, now I'm yeah, upset. he did. So when you're when we're talking House of Horrors, it is training up because of that code. In particular, I'd have to say that the LE, the limited edition version, as well as the signature edition, yes, you heard that here as well, those are maintaining value. They're harder and harder to find. And if you want to get an LE on the secondary market, you're spending in the 9000s damn near what you were going to spend brand new. We've not even seen one of the signature editions come up on the secondary market that I know of. So just by, you know, numbers don't lie here, Ken. Uh, I love the game. I, it makes sense steady. that it's trending up. Yep, yep. Oh I don't think that game gosh. was given proper credit upon release, and it just keeps getting better. Oh so I loved it from it. release, and I knew. I said, just wait, Zach. Bite your tongue, Zach. You can see it, but others can't. This is The Hobbit. No, it's not The Hobbit. This is Oh, no. <laughs> You're not going to get that discussion out of me. You wait for Dennis to jump on with you next week. It's not going to be right. me. Oh, right. I miss my din din. Uh, Elvira House of Horrors is trending up as well as another Stern Pinball machine. I'm on the Stern Pinball hype train. Boom, boom, boom. Bye, bye, bye. You all love that, don't you? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? I know some of you little turds on Pinside miss me. I love it in your comments. Ghostbusters. Stern Pinball's Ghostbusters is trending up, up, up. For a pro, $5,000. That's that's yeah. not unheard of. You yeah. see a $5,000 Ghostbusters Pro maybe with some mods and enhancements, it's going to sell. That was a little, a, little, yeah, like a little snap there. Bam! It's going to be sold within a day or two. A, a premium? That's Ken Cromwell's. Uh, that's what? my jam right there, Ghostbusters yeah. Premium Magnuslings. Yeah. That's Ken Cromwell's model of choice. A premium. We're seeing those in the... Mostly upper sixes. They were in mid sixes about a year ago, but after this code release, upper sixes to easily $7,000 to the $7,300 range, depending on what kind of modifications you have on there, as well as the condition of it. So $7,000 to $7,500 maybe even for a premium. And God, LEs? Whoa, LEs, that's an $8,000 pin if not more. Yeah, that's crazy. It's still eight grand on the LEs. It's retaining value. I mean, what if you had like a new inbox? Would, Would that be even more? Oh, I like the little uh, <laughs> foreshadowing there, Kim. Hey, maybe something to talk about later, huh? I like that. Unfortunately, oh, poor, poor Jersey Jack pinballs dialed in. It's twinning down. Oh, oh what a game, man. What a game dialed in is Pat Waller. We don't ever hear from him. And then Jersey Jack's like, oh, yeah, we've retained him. He's a designer here at Jersey Jack Pinball, and he's coming up with an original theme. We all get all hot and heavy and horny. We're not horny. We don't get horny. But we're all excited, and boom, here comes Dialed In. It's a hell of a game. It's got a lot in it. On the secondary market now in 2020, you've seen that fall mid-sevens. That's right. Guys, gals, an L.E., mid-sevens. We're no longer at $8,000 for a dialed-in LE, and that's kind of sad seeing that drop so much, as well as American Pinball's Oktoberfest. Mm. Poor Oktoberfest uh, is tapped out a little bit here on the secondary market. See what I did there? Hey, hey. Uh, $5,700. What's that? Wait a Typo. Let me see. No. $5,700? That's a For an Oktoberfest? Wow, $5,700, $6,200, what you're going to get that on the secondary market, which doesn't help me at all as a distributor. Um, yeah, a lot it's of game there. It's more than Pirates of the Caribbean, JJP, isn't it? Oktoberfest at this point? You're actually right, yeah. Yeah, good, think about good, that. Good call there. So yeah. all, for all you uh, rarity seekers, 
$5,700, You know what? I, I don't see that dipping much below that. We're now in the Houdini secondary market levels, and we got another machine coming out by American Pinball. So maybe this is just the typical cycle that we're going to see. A little tip, if I could just give you American Pinball, a little tip. I've told you this before, but I'll tell you publicly again. If you're going to see this type of trend, limit the games. Limit them. If you're only going to sell, you know, hundreds, then limit them. Just limit them. Sounds, oh, like, boy, sounds like they've been boy. limited on their own. Oh, oh, so true there, co-host Cromwell. So true. And I can't leave you guys from the Pinball Show Pinball Market Trends without giving you a little bit of taste, a little suckle, if you will, of a deal of the week. Bye, bye, bye. You signed this is up. so different from this, this is, is not so Bill Webb hosting special when lit dude it's so this is not Bill Webb I'm, I'm just like I'm just listening with my mouth open and it's not because I'm wedded and I'm not suckling anything suckle, aren't you? right it's like a reflex now all right oh Mr. Mr. Kramer Mr. Bye 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 they missed you so much they went like a whole month without you a bunch of controversy and we've seen your hallmark Bye 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 everywhere in Pinside Threads and Facebook messages so this week I'm going to Bye, 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 bye. Yes, it's a term that everybody uses now. Uh, and we're going to use that in particular this week, Ken Cromwell, for a Johnny mnemonic that can be found in Jacksonville, North Carolina, over on Pinside by the handle of King Chaos. That was actually a solid, solid username, King Chaos. Jacksonville, North Carolina. He's got a Johnny mnemonic. This is a bit selfish of me to do this as a deal of the week, but at $3,400, not a screaming deal when you hear Johnny mnemonic, but just wait, wait real quick here. Everything works perfect. That's always a plus. You don't need to get no dong, 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 dong. It was recently fully shopped. You knew it. I, I know that noise. Yeah, it's yeah. It's yeah. like, it's so embarrassing when you turn on your games. You're like, you guys want to play some pins? And then you hear dong, 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 dong. And you're like, hey. <laughs> What, it's like take care of your f***ing games that's right <laughs> that's like the first so, thing i think of you know, johnny mnemonic like, glove not right. not working right there buddy uh, how dare yeah. you invite me over with a credit dot what is oh, what is the matter no. with you look at that it's the shame yes the, the dot of shame no this thing's been recently shopped fully thoroughly cleaned Right, Titans rubbers throughout, LEDs throughout and if you look at it the side of the cabinet at least he showed a picture of the left side no fade to the red. Now, in the front of the cabinet, I do see a little orange instead of red, so there's some fade there. That's pretty typical on this title, uh, guys and gals. But at $3,400 with a pretty clean outside cabinet that you can fix the front decal to and a very clean Johnny mnemonic that's been put a LED and tighten rubber, $3,400, I think, is a deal of the week. Bye, bye, bye! And nice. And selfishly, I, I put that on here this week because I want this particular title, and I wouldn't mind picking this up for $3,400. So if anybody's out there in the North Carolina area and is willing to pick it up and, and meet me or something, maybe somebody come to Louisville or something, somebody help me. I want that. So pick this up for me, people. There's also a nice one out in California for forty-five dollars or $4,400. That's a little steep, but it does come with all new cabinet decals and a color DMD. And so if somebody can broker this deal with me, it'd be much appreciated. It, I, I'd buy, buy, buy on your friendship. How about that? We have another deal of the week this week. It's done just stop. I don't know how valuable that has been lately, but. No, <laughs> it's no shit. <laughs> with that friendship comes other responsibilities. <laughs>
<laughs> we have our second deal of the week this week, and that is a Stranger Things pro. And not just any, but the Bone Man's over in Louisville, Kentucky. Greg Bone's Stranger Things pro, in which Flippin' Out Pinball did sell it to him. He's turning around and selling the thing. Why? Do you guys really want to know? It's because he's a weirdo. That's why. Uh, he loves this game, but he's a, he's like afraid. He's like, well, I don't know if it loses value, then I'm going to lose I'm gonna lose a lot of money. And right now I'm just losing a little bit of money. So that's his justification. I don't get it, but that's great bone. I don't know what to tell you. He's dropped this thing to $49.99. At $49.99, that's not a deal of the week. At $5,800 listed for these new, that's yeah. a steal of the week bye 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 it is a really good deal as somebody that like i like the game it's a fun game under five thousand dollars even if it's a buck under it's a it's a solid deal jeez when you have metallica sitting in the five thousand range or stuff like that I, I i messaged you guys i'm in i'm in so much love with stranger things pinball you can call me a shill all you want i don't care this is just this is me telling the truth take it for what you want but i messaged you and i think i messaged greg and i said I'm in such love with the Stranger Things game. I get the LA love it that I would take this game over right now. Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, Monster Bash. I'm going down the Pinside 100, Twilight Zone. I, I promise you, I would. Uh, Metallica, yeah, I would. Deadpool, yeah. Uh, ACDC, yep, I take it over. ACDC, Adams Family, Star Trek. I could keep going on and on. This is a winner, but nobody sees it now. They will. Just mock my word. They will, and at uh, $49.99, go ahead and buy that from Greg Bone. He keeps his things in, like, museum quality because he's weird like that. So you're going to get a good pin at a fraction of the cost. And that was your deal of the week. Bye, bye, bye! And Ken Cromwell, listeners out there, that was your pinball show. Pinball Market Trends! Where you at, din Love you, Everyone's smoking cigarettes now after that uh, delivery. That was pretty sweet, man. How'd it feel to get it out? It felt uh, like the ultimate climax with a group of buddies. Ugh! Right, you had some buildup going there, so it had to feel good to get, hey. kind of unleash a little bit on everybody. And usually it's a once-a-week kind of thing, but when I have to wait a month, golly, I've got a lot built up. It was good. You know, I think that uh, I wanted to address something real quick with Stranger Things. Okay. So the, t- the two games that I'm going to right now exclusively mm-hmm. are Beatles. That's such a great game, guys. If, you, oh. if Again, I come back to where it was just kind of priced me out of owning it, but it's an awesome game to play. I love you it. But and, and you but you streamed it for a distributor. You're not allowed to like it. Sorry. No, that's not that's not true. So this is the thing. Like, if I stream the game for a distributor, I'm not streaming it right now, and I'm still talking about how awesome it is. It's not like it, 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 there's no – I don't get commission on any of this stuff, so it's that whatever. That is true. Sorry about um, that, kid. <laughs> and this is what I would do, honestly, if I didn't like Beatles. I probably wouldn't go on the stream and say that the game sucks – but I've been on stream and I've talked about things that I don't like about games. It, it's it is what it is. You wanted certain, to stream it last week. Yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to say something was good if I didn't think it was because I mean that's just lying. I'm not a liar, so I would put my uh, credibility on me. I swear to God, I'm not shilling anything ever. Poor it's Steve Beatty was thinking about buying a Beatles. He contacted me. He was like, "Yeah, so this uh, Beatles, like, um, what are those going oh, for?" <laughs> you know what, man? I've got a crazy Steve Beatty story for you. If you want to hear it. And I think I think we might be able to tie it in with a brand new segment that we've never done on any pinball podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. You ready to hear a Steve Beatty story? 
I'm always ready to hear Steve Beatty's so, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Steve Beatty's a local guy, and uh, he helps us on the Flipping Out uh, streaming on Monday nights for Monday Night Pinball. And if you want to catch those streams, you can go to Flipping Out Pinball on Twitch and look us up, and we're there. Long story short, he's, he's a personal friend of mine, and he's been buying and selling pinball machines since I've known him. This is how I got to know the guy the in the hobby. dawn of time, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Steve ends up buying a pinball machine, a group of pins from somebody locally. Mm-hmm. One of the pins come back and he's going through it yesterday and he gets into the coin door and there are three cases inside <laughs> all right and he's like well what the heck okay. is this because we've all owned pinball machines where you you open it up and maybe there's some magazines in there or yeah. there's like a knife or i mean whatever i found weird things we all have dildo just, maybe i've not found a dildo in a, okay, in a game well, before so right. uh, and if i did i don't know how what i would not do that that's where i store mine but you know okay so why has that happened to you have you found that <laughs> no i haven't Okay, I was like, wow, I didn't... I it just seems like something kind of funny that you would find in there. Well, you don't want to get coil dust on that. That that could be bad. Um, <laughs> in any lid. event, bro, geez. So he, he gets these three cases out. He opens them up, and they're, they're firearms. They're guns. Oh, my God, for real? Yeah, so he's texting oh. me this, and he's texting me the pictures, and it's like these old guns in these cases, and I'm like... First thing, it was like, okay, somebody murdered somebody, threw these in a pinball machine. Cops never thought to open up a pinball machine. These are like murder the Jimmy weapons. Jimmy Hoffa maybe. gun. Right. So I'm like, Steve, I'm like, uh, he goes, I don't know what to do. And I said, I don't know what you should do either. Like, you, you should have said, touch them. Touch them. Yeah. Could you put your fingerprints <laughs> all over them? Um, and I said, or reach out to the owner and just touch base because if he, if he realizes later that you have his guns and it was something that was like evidence, like you could just, it's just a bad situation. Yeah. So long story short, he contacts the owner oh, and nice. he says, he says, yeah, he says, listen, there's, I wouldn't have this game. There's, there's some guns in here. They're in a case. And the guy was so appreciative. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why it was because those guns were his father's guns who fought in world war two. Okay. Oh. And his father was awarded the purple heart when, when he was battling in Okinawa, Japan. Wow. So he stored these World War II guns that his father used in the war inside of the pinball machine so that his kids would never get to them. And they've been in there for so long that he forgot. So he was so happy that, one, that he remembered or that somebody brought it to his attention that the guns existed and that mm-hmm. he was in possession and to get them back. And I thought it was such a good gesture from Steve to do this because no joke. he could have sold these things. I don't, I don't know. It's World not like he's going to go out in the guns? yard and shoot them. They wow. have value, not only sentimental value, but they had monetary value. They, they were, they were, you know, historical yeah. guns from that time period. So what I was thinking was this gentleman, his father receives the Purple Heart, mm-hmm. right? So what if we go ahead and we give Steve an award for his, uh, for his kindness within the pinball community and this can be the first inaugural awarded uh prize to this individual and we can do this every week let's okay. offer up let's offer up the silver heart award this week ah, going to steve Beatty. right that. congratulations the silver steve. heart yeah. we'll give you the silver heart and then as people in the community do things that that come across as as kind and, and yeah. of uh, the utmost respect we can continue to award the silver heart the silver heart and we can make a wall of the Silver Heart Award winners so that you can refer back to any month or any year, or any week, and you can see who was given the Silver Heart. Now, if you have suggestions really for like somebody, that. right, that that one that, that should be awarded, the and the Silver Heart is, is simply this. It's like the silver ball. It's pinball, right? It's something that was done within the pinball community that showed kindness, showed going oh. out of the way, 
Um, please email us your suggestions and you can email us at thepinballnetwork at gmail.com. And in the subject line, just place Silverheart and then we'll know what that is all about. And uh, we'll be able to can make that person uh, be considered for the Silverheart Award really for cool. any given week. You know what yeah. I think we should also maybe consider at the end of the year? Maybe we get some uh, maybe we get some swag that says the pinball show on it or something like that. But right around the chest area, just a simple silver heart. Boom. And give it to the recipients. That Now, that would be actually really, really cool. Just yeah. something to kind of have. And, uh, you know, maybe over the course of a year, at the end of the year, we can figure out one single individual effort Ooh. that uh, – that stood out amongst everybody, and, and they are awarded the annual Silver Heart, and they get a brand new inbox pinball machine. Compliments hey, wait, flipping hey, out hey. pinball. Whoa! <laughs> hey, there we go. Let's do it. Careful now. All right. But a Gottlieb I, compliments of Dennis Creasel. A Gottlieb yeah. compliments of Dennis Creasel. Yeah, that would be fun. But I don't know. I just thought so. These are be... th- these are stories that make you go, oh, exactly. Right? An act of selflessness, like an, an act of uh, of kindness. Because I mean, let's be honest. That doesn't always happen in pinball, and and I'm really starting to uh, appreciate those that are doing things that. That's make no shit. The that's actually decent, positive. yeah, and nice exactly. to one another. Oh mm-hmm. god, that's awesome. Go. I love that idea. The silver heart to Steve Beatty. Congrats, Stevie. Nicely done, Steve. Now I've got a cool story. This isn't uh, silver heart worthy, but it's just a cool story. Can I tell oh, you, listeners? Okay. Can are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll wrap it up here. So. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, flipping out Nicole and I were out, uh, we were road tripping yesterday to drop off a couple pinball machines. We were delivering to Nashville, the Nashville area, a, um, a Willy Wonka collector's edition. And we were sending off a Stranger Things limited edition. We were also picking up a Deadpool premium uh, used inventory. It was actually uh, customer had some concerns with the play field and it wasn't really ele- long story short we picked it up we're getting them a new one but we picked up another pinball machine that I wasn't anticipating it just happened to fall uh, fall in the back of my truck I didn't steal it people damn but it was a limited edition game still in the box kin that's amazing that they no longer sell anymore and it's one of my favorite pinball machines ever made ladies and gentlemen I was able to secure a new inbox Ghostbusters LE. That's nuts, man. I didn't I honestly didn't think that there were many uh, right? of those left. Yeah, in the box, right? It's insane. So when that opportunity came up, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I want that. Um I bought it I bought it more as a hobbyist with the price I paid for it. And here's the conundrum that I'm in. And listeners, if you guys could help me as well, I I should sell this. Um because flipping out pinball is a business. I should sell this. Ah, damn it, Ken. Ah, why am I having a hard time deciding? I want to unbox this thing and have my own oh, have my own Ghostbusters LE. Am I stupid? No, I mean, but does it make sense to... I mean, should that be kept in a box? It should be played. It should be opened up and it should the, be enjoyed. Well, the business side of me, the minute, and you guys know, even Bill Webb's out there, the minute that I unbox that damn thing, it's worth probably $500 less. It doesn't That's even matter true. if I put a ball on it. 500 less. Now, when was it goes? Maybe a four-year-old pin at this point? As a distributor, I'm even mixed on... How great do I feel? I don't even know if this thing's in warranty. If it's not in box, I'll have to talk to Stern. I don't know if it's still under warranty, if it's still in the box. But is it that was Mike. That was something yeah. I was wondering, right? Because it's never been opened. 
So I don't know how that works. And that game was out in like March or April, probably of 2016, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there. So So we're coming at four years. Is it still under warranty? Do I feel great about selling a new unboxed machine if I don't know really the condition that it's in? So I'm mixed. Uh, I don't know what to do with this thing, but part of me, the, the collector in me, wants to open this thing and just set it right next to my Stranger Things Ellie and my Elvira Ellie. Am I stupid? No, you're not stupid. I mean, the game's going to have to come out of the box because to your point, if there is not a warranty any longer, I don't know that it makes sense for you as a distributor to offer it if there's not going to be any uh, after-sales support from Stern per the yeah. warranty. People do it all the time. But but I was going to say, that being said, for some, it might be worth the risk. I mean, and the risk isn't necessarily terribly high. I mean, back in the day, there were some playfield concerns yeah, that were cabinet addressed. cabinet stuff. Some cabinet stuff. So it is what it is. I, I think oh, the... Uh, but to have an LE Ghostbusters new in box, again, I didn't really... I would probably guess there are less than 10 of those um, in existence. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I've not seen a distributor offer one. I've certainly no. asked around if there were Ghostbusters new in box mm-hmm. um, of any model for years now, and, and I've come up I with I would zero. love to have a new in box pro. If anybody out there has it, let's do a little trade, a little swap I would love to have a pro. Uh, you know, if if I did call into Stern and, uh, and I called Chaz or Pablo up there and I was like, Hey guys, just had a customer unbox finally his Ghostbusters LE, and well, we're we're having some issues. They would shit a brick. They'd be like, "Zach, <laughs> what? That's it. That's Are it. You serious? Oh, That's so I it. don't know. Yeah, Steve Beatty finds guns. I end up outside of Nashville finding a brand new Ghostbusters LE still in the box. All is well with the world, but I need your help, listeners, to see what the hell I should do with this pinball machine. Oh man, it's exciting. You're gonna have to keep us updated, and if oh, you've got a suggestion no. for that, again. The email address is thepinballnetwork at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and before we leave, Ken, yeah. we know that you've got we know that you've got um, Rick and Morty bloodsuckers coming in, right? right. Do you know what uh, what options you're getting on that yet? What do you think? I'll, pr- I'll probably get just about every option that's available. I don't have the, the paper that's in yeah. front of me right now. You're going but for I, the coin door, a little purple coin door or black? Yeah, no, I'll get the purple. I, I'm I'm a stickler where if you're gonna get anything powder coated, the armor has the. I always get the coin door powder coated okay. as well. So you're a pro coin door kind of. What? Yeah. Fella. What about you? You're. I'm imagining you're what doing the same the, thing. You're uh, just going all well, purple. You know me. I'm gonna get yeah. everything that I can probably. What about the <laughs> right. uh, inside art blades? Yeah, I don't think I'm going with the inside art blades. Yeah, I don't I know. I I have not paid that much attention after that or something. Well, and I'm I'm assuming there are going to be uh, aftermarket art blades that'll be available because I mean there's so much art that's available online whether or it's licensed blades. or not somebody will have it. Yeah, mirror mirror blades could work. Mirror blades I think look mirror, good. I've not seen a game that didn't look like it benefited from mirror blades. It just kind of yeah. gives you a sense of expansiveness on the playfield, and because it's a mirror reflection, I mean it, it blends perfectly. Good. What about the speaker yeah. acrylics and lights? There, you got to go that Cromwell. Absolutely, I love speaker lighting. I'm looking at speaker yeah. lighting on uh, Batman '66 right now. Oh. I'm looking at the red rings around that. Ooh, what about um, the? Uh, but what about this? What about a little shaker and a knocker combo? I, I'm gonna have to get that too. Now, this is where I'm wondering if it makes Uh-oh. sense for me to just buy that and install it myself because oh, it's not anything difficult. That. Or if that's something that I'll have the factory done. I guess from a convenience standpoint, it's nice to unbox it and have it there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm fully capable of installing a shaker and a knocker. I just don't know if the price difference warrants me doing the extra work. Because okay. if it's an extra 20 bucks, just do it. It's not a now, It saves me trips to the and from. The other one uh, that uh, from Pinball Life. <laughs> yeah, from Pinball Life. It's like 20 minutes away from here. So it's so nice to be able to get in the car and just be able to pick up rubbers or, well, 
That sounded weird. Wow. Be able to pick up. Get that uh, at the no, gas station at CVS. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's yeah. the closest gas station is Pinball Life. Poor Creasel um, shaking yeah. his head right now. Dennis Creasel will be joining us next week. We didn't oh, yeah. mention Dennis at the beginning of the show, but it's important to realize that myself and Zach will be hosting weekly. But Dennis, on alternating weeks, will be coming in, alternating from his Eclectic Gamers podcast recording weeks. So we'll have a three-man show that I'm super mm-hmm. excited to do because I've never done a show with – I've done a, a podcast with with you a few times on TWIP. I've done a podcast with Dennis when we did the April Fool's thing. Myself yes. and Dennis hosted TWIP. Mm-hmm. But to have the uh, the pinball menage a trois, as it may be, with, between oh, uh, you know, Zach wow. and, and Dennis and myself, okay. uh, I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be fun. For and giggles, so, I'm throwing in the four-inch Kreasel clone. He's coming uh-huh. into that. So now too. we got three and a half. Three yeah. and a half. Uh, but well, so, yeah. So listen. Eighth, so yeah. whatever it takes. Next week, get ready because <laughs> Dennis will be here with Zach. And uh, we're all going to be bringing our full energy. This is going to be – it's going to be a fun, energized show mm-hmm. each and every single week. And the minute it gets boring, we're going to torch it, right? It's like, that's it. That's it. All right, that's going to wrap it up. I'll tell you what, for Zach Many, I am Ken Cromwell. Always practice safe pinball and Mylar up. And don't forget to take some time out of your day and play some pinball. So long, everybody. And contrary to popular... And contrary... Po- One more time, Zach. You ready there, bud? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Just, right. just change the whole thing, dude. Yeah, Here we go. Same parent. And right. contrary to popular belief, uh, they don't would, would, tell... would I be a dickhole if I just made you do that one more time? Well, JJP just came out with that Escape from Nublar minigame from uh, Keith Dunwin and Team. Have you played that on, on your game? JJP didn't do that. Oh, f- Jurassic Park did. What the f- <laughs> am I talking about? You're sick. You're sickly. You know, it's it, the initials it, throw me off. JJP, no, JP, yeah, me, whatever it no, takes. I've done it, too. I've done it, too. Let me, My bad. Let me get into it. Now, can I, can I include that as a blooper at all? Yeah, we need to, we definitely need to do outtakes. I are love you okay when you do with the, the outtakes. But are you okay with you saying f- or do you want me to beep? Yeah, it? just 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 bleep the f- part. <laughs> and in general, It'll we gotta the beep f- the f- right? I would say f bombs should be bleeped. Okay, all right. Christian line does cost. Hey, c- c- come here, Morty. Rick, leave me alone. And I don't care what you think, Jerry.